It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified, right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network as we bring you Lax Class 205. Thanks for joining us, classmates. Uh, myself, Jake Elliott, Tino Farah, Santino Farah, and Evan Sheminauer back with you once again. Another monster program lined up for your listening pleasure as our NLL season previews continue. Uh, going a little bit out of order this week because uh, Coach Dave from the Philadelphia Wings was enjoying some time up north in, I want to say, Muskoka. I'm not quite sure, but he's off in the cabin, Thanksgiving, all that sort of stuff. So uh, he brushes up for a week. But we'll get Coach Day on next week. This week, however, we got the general manager of Panther City Lacrosse Club, Bob Hammer Hamley, is on the program. He'll be up in quarter number three. And a guy that likes to keep a pretty low profile back there in Roch, Vegas. And the general manager of the Nighthawks, Dan Carey, will join us in quarter number two. Lax class locks in quarter four. Tino is on uh, exile for that one. Uh, We'll talk about that here in mere minutes. For last class locks in quarter number four. Here in quarter number one, big focus coming up as well. But uh, fellas, what's going on? Welcome back to the pod. Uh, here on a Monday, Thanksgiving Monday, Indigenous Peoples Monday, I might add as well. We'll talk about that here in a little bit as well. But what's going on? Welcome back to Lax Class, fellas. Well, I just want to make sure Tino's doing okay because, you know. Oh, he got murdered. Of, he got when absolutely murdered. When I think murdered. of Santino, the first thing that comes to mind is Sonny Corleone of The Godfather, right? And, of course, what happens to Sonny Corleone of The Godfather? Tino? Uh, go watch the second movie and you'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> he basically dies a death of about 500 bullets at a, at a toll gate. It wasn't just that we thought it was a cold take. Oh my goodness. The entire group chat thought it was a cold take. The uh, entire group chat? Are yeah, you sure about that? Uh, okay, maybe one. Maybe not you. You might have one friend in there. <laughs> then there were team presidents and GMs saying how bad it was. An NLL referee chiming in. In fact, one of the comments that came back was, it was a cold take colder than frostbite. Oh. <laughs> On top of the fact that he cost people money. So, you know, it was... <laughs> Tough week, Santino. Tough week for you. <clears throat> um, can I have a moment to defend myself? Yeah. Or, or are we, or are we no, all no, no, uh, we're just going to keep piling no, on? No, go ahead. Um I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna step aside and uh, and change my opinion on this. I still stand by it. And you know what's great about being Thanksgiving is we can all be thankful of the three of us having differing opinions. And you know what? Everybody who's, who's piling on and saying this is the coldest take, colder than frostbite. Oh, an NLL ref said it's a cold take. Sick, man. Awesome. The last time I checked. This has got people talking about the podcast. My eyes emoji thing got people talking about the podcast. So who's the king of content here, Evan? Oh my Who are we God. talking about here? So you're so you're willing to take another 
You know what, man? I'm named after the character in The Godfather. I'll take the bullets. Oh, you know what? Wow. Let me be the shield for Jake Elliott and now, Evan Schoenauer. Now I feel like I need to get like a machine gun sound effect in there for, uh, yeah. for Tino. Hey, but it- somebody's got to somebody's got to be the bad guy of the podcast. I guess it's going to be me. I'll 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 put on this this cape yeah. and I'll wear it. Okay. Yeah. I think that's that's fair. Uh, you do have one guy on your side. Travis Cornwall got in your corner a little bit, uh, Tino. So you can you can thank TC next time you see him. And and for all the the text messages and like thanks for t- putting Tino in his place. That take was brutal. And all these other texts I was getting from you know who and this and that. One of my buddies who listens to the podcast regularly came up with an even worse take than you, Tino. So. He might have bailed you out a little bit. He said to bring back wooden goal sticks into the National Lacrosse League. And I just, Ooh. I was like, man, like, what are you talking about? That is net. He's like, there's no good reason for him not to do it. And I said, I could rattle off about 10, but I don't want to get into it with you right now. So, no, the rule changes the other direction. They need to get him out of junior exactly, and senior. Exactly. Exactly. So, but um, you know, the one thing that we, that, Patty Gregoire brought this up after he heard the the episode was yeah. we should have taken the goal review one a step further. Oh, time limit. And that was time limit. Yeah, time limit. Assuming that now I'll give the referees a bit of a break here. There's times when the production crew isn't getting the video to them right away, but assuming that that video can get there, there should be a 90 second limit because if if you can't tell within 90 seconds if it's good or not, it's inconclusive. I think the pushback on that, Evan, is they want to get it right. So maybe in the regular season, not to diminish the regular season from the playoffs, but maybe you put it at 90 seconds or 120 seconds in the regular season and you bump it up to two minutes for the playoffs to make sure you're getting the call right. That is the purpose of replay is to make sure you get the call right. But Again, you go back to it. It just destroys the flow of a lacrosse game when you're taking upwards of three, four minutes to get the call right. It's sometimes even worse than that. Yeah. Well, and the other the one that I would honestly like to see change there is is that the referees always go to the replay within two minutes, right? And I don't know if that's necessary when something's so blatantly obvious that you need to go look at the replay. It should only be at something that, yeah, has a reasonable ah, chance of actually being now. I think we're getting nitpicky now and leave that to the professionals. Speaking of uh, NLL crew chief, 2,000 games, whatever it is there for Todd LeBronch, chimed yeah. in on social media with a ruling, Evan. I denied awesome question a ding last week. I've ding. Been, I've been overruled <laughs> in that by Todd, so here is your ding right here. I was going to mention that because you were trying to appeal a goal review. Well, you cannot appeal a goal review. <laughs> I can appeal whatever the F I want. Evan. <laughs> the other thing I've, I've been meaning to mention for weeks because we caused a, well, I think I caused a bit of a stir on Twitter when I mentioned the potential for Lyle Thompson to be playing in an Nanaimo Timberman uniform last year. So I need to, I'm not, I need to walk back on this a little bit because what I have heard from multiple sources, and I stand behind this, that three Thompson brothers will be wearing Nanaimo Timberman colors next summer. So on me, my bad for assuming that one of those three was Lyle. And Lyle caught wind of the podcast and what was said on it and came to Twitter and, and 
cooled off the fire and he just said it's not happening. I'm not I'm not doing that essentially, which I felt bad about. Um and I wanted to mention that like 3 weeks ago and I kept forgetting, but my mind just got triggered, so I wanted to bring it up now. I maintain that three Thompson brothers will be playing in Nanaimo next summer. But with Lyle out of the equation, you can do the math on who the three remaining players are, brothers are, in Heine, Jeremy, and Miles. So bad on me for assuming one of the three was Lyle uh, when it should have been Miles. So unless Miles comes out on Twitter and says that's not happening either, I'm going to stick behind that. The was loading up. Oh, well, considering just how much uh, Lyle was featured in Fate of the Sport, that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for him to yeah. not be that was just PLO. that was. I mean, obviously, as, still as a member of the that, media, the you, you want it, you want to get as much right as and accurate as possible. But the comedic timing of that for you to have said that, <laughs> yeah. and then on Fate of the Sport, Paul Rabel says the merger was to get Lyle Thompson. Yeah. That was incredible. Yeah. That, was, that was a misstep. That was a misstep. <laughs> not gonna, uh, you know, it's gonna happen from time to time. I'll wear that. Uh, so Evan, you get a ding. I get a. I guess I get a buzzer, a, a no buzzer right there, too. Uh, but what else do we got here, fellas? Uh, we haven't even really talked about, like, the rest of the weekend or anything. Uh, time with family, turkey, what uh, What else is going on? Just a pretty quiet weekend. Family dinner last night. Uh, just getting all the leaves raked up and everything like okay, that. Well, we're not going to talk about raking The snow's coming. <laughs> the snow's coming. Hey, yeah. you know what? You guys, you guys have it nice down in the oh, lower mainland. We know Evan, that the snow is coming. You have no idea what is going on here in the lower oh, mainland. What, what, you're going to get a whole th- three centimeters of snow in Armageddon? I, hey, it was like 13 degrees this morning, okay? Oh, my but what goodness. Was it chilly. <laughs> enough, enough weather talk. But what it was, it had to be like high 20s on Sunday. Like, it was ridiculous. I kept thinking to myself, it's the middle of October right now. And I'm out here in flip-flops, T-shirt and shorts, watching lacrosse uh, out there at the Langley events are unbelievable. Uh, speaking of Langley, guys, can't let this slip by. Disc golf update. I, I'm a little shocked neither of you inquired. As I mentioned last week, yours truly entered his first disc golf tournament in about 15 years out there at Campbell Valley. 36 holes on Saturday. Second place finish for old Jumbo in that one, boys. Couldn't have got first. I probably could have, you know, with a couple of more, <laughs> couple more putts that I, you know, I left a couple birdie putts short, which is always a cardinal sin. But uh, no, I had a great time out there, and um, yeah, I surprised myself a little bit. Couple of matching fifty-seven rounds, uh, lost by two shots to the to the winner there. And what I will say is, forty years and over amateur division. Like I wasn't playing against the heavy hitters or anything like. There was the senior C of uh, senior of B, disc golf. senior B. You know, <laughs> oh, okay. we're not we're not going down to your <laughs> level there. So just uh, cool cool your jets on that. Waiting for the prize pack in my email box uh, as we speak. Uh, what else do I have to share? I, well, I can't share this, but I got some personal news, pretty exciting stuff that, uh, will be coming out in the coming days that I look forward to. And, uh, we got a little, little exciting news coming on the podcast in the coming weeks as well. I think a brand new sponsor will be hopping on board in the next couple of months here. And it'll be somebody that's, uh, really, well, it'll be fairly well known to the podcast as well. So look forward to those two announcements, uh, coming, I want to say in the next couple of weeks anyway. Big focus time.
big focus big focus focus another than a big focus focus big focus big focus a little big focus big focus the big focus big focus big focus big focus this week brought to you by Rycor construction thanks for the reminder Tina Okay. Uh, We're just piling on to Make it, okay. it stand out with Rycor Construction. Saw young Joshy Mills out there, actually, at the LEC. Uh, he's working the the swag tent there for MVP Athletics. Um, man, it's been like, I don't know, since six, eight months since I seen Josh last, and he's got himself a gold medal at, at the Canada Summer Games in that time. And Put on, like, I won't say good 15 pounds, grew out the hair. I barely recognize the kid. He's turning into a man in front of my eyes, and, and I'm sure he's doing a lot of work with Rycor Construction as well. And I was actually checking out their website just before we got on the air here, guys, at Rycor. And, you know, I mentioned the decks and the fences, the kitchens, the bathrooms, and all that sort of stuff. But they do more than just that. Concrete, furnaces and AC, tile work, flooring, drywall. I'm telling you, these are your people here. Rycor Construction, they make it stand out. Check them out on Instagram and Facebook and see for yourself. Big Focus this week. I think we're going to do a couple of things here on the Big Focus. It's a pretty light week in the world of lacrosse here, boys. But we're recording on a Monday. It's Indigenous Peoples Day here. And I really like the post that the NLL put out today. And, and what it said is today and every day that they want to honor and recognize the Indigenous people and, and the role that they have in our sport, their culture, their history. And I think that's important. You know, a, a day to celebrate is one thing, but I think these are practices that we can continue to do each and every day, Evan. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm lining up another session for a company for more Indigenous awareness training. And it's interesting that how this is really spun. I mean, in, in the U.S., this was traditional Columbus ah, Day. Don't even and how people have started to kind of find out the truth behind Columbus and how much it was hyped up. And I'm glad that they've been in the United States. They've been able to put a positive spin to what used to be. Yeah, I, I was going to say as well. Sorry, I was kind of. We're still working with the with the three people transition. Yeah, no, awkward, we but. got you. Um, I like the short succession that this has turned into. From like we just had Truth and Reconciliation Day, like it it was it's just in the rearview mirror, and then shortly around the corner here is Indigenous Peoples Day as well. So I like that you can you can very obviously see that people are taking it more and more seriously as each passing year comes mm -hmm. and something that i've noticed as well a lot is like my walk on saturday mornings i i walk into um into that radio station job that i got at at uh being in bloomberg and every morning when i'm walking there on saturdays and on friday evenings um i walk past the entire exhibit that's there at robson square personally i found especially this saturday when i was walking back to my car at the end of my shift like it, i feel like i noticed something new not necessarily that there's something new there, but I just, I notice something new myself when I'm walking past it each time. And I'm noticing more and more people that are, I mean, there's always a ton of people that are in Robson Square in general, but there's more and more people that are there engaging with everything that's going on there and chatting with people and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, I guess 
the overall point of what I'm trying to say is just I'm I'm glad that people are taking it more and more seriously with each passing year. If you have had if you haven't had an opportunity to go check out Robson Square and see the entire exhibit there, like I don't know if exhibit is the right word to say, but yeah, I'm gonna um, go do that because I have not done that, Tino. Yeah, definitely go and go and uh, go and check it out. Yeah, I will. Um, and you know, it, with it being Thanksgiving weekend as well, like I I never really gave Thanksgiving a whole lot of thought when I was younger about, you know, what it meant and how it happened and, you know, the history behind it. It was kind of just, you know, a time to get together with your family and and have a nice dinner and see some relatives you haven't seen in a long time and just kind of spend some time with your loved ones, which I think that is a a massive part of Thanksgiving. And 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 I love that part about it. But I also, there's a part of me that has a hard time knowing what I know about Thanksgiving now and and what kind of effect it had on the Indigenous people. So it's a bit of a, like, I, I want people to enjoy their families together and, and spend time and, and love each other and all that sort of stuff. And But I also want people to realize the impact of Thanksgiving and, and, the, and the impact that it had on the Indigenous people because it's... It's a pretty dark, dark story of it. I mean, it's it's history, but it it's still part of it. Yeah, I mean, I guess the Canadian Thanksgiving doesn't come from that American tradition. Yeah, which I guess is where I have the separation of the two. Yeah, where you know the Canadian celebration is more of an end of harvest thing than it is any tie to the to the pilgrims. You know, it's it's something that's just not going to solve itself overnight. It's going to take. Years and years. It took years. A, it took it took over a century to get there. Yeah, it's going to take over a century to get back. Yeah. So today and and every day, celebrate Indigenous peoples. That's that's kind of the message here on Lax Class this week. And like I said, we want to have a little fun with with the big focus this week as well, and kind of maybe talk about something that we viewed one way maybe years ago that we have come around on now, however long it may be after the fact, Uh, maybe a rule change that happened that was like, Oh man, I can't believe we used to play lacrosse like that or something along those lines. Evan, you kind of came up with this idea. So I'll let you go first Mm -hmm. on this. My mind. And so this one took about three or four months to change my mind on, but it was the bouquet hit on Carson Leon. Um, back in the day for those that are maybe newer to the sport uh alex bouquet was playing for colorado back then leon was playing for uh calgary it was an outlet pass from calgary's and spot on the Break, leon, breakaway back, pass evan it's not an outlet yeah. pass it's a full yeah. court breakaway it's a, it's a clear pass. breakaway pass yeah. he's looking back to get the ball alex bouquet takes a good 10 step charge into him and absolutely annihilates him as the ball arrives under the rules as they existed at that time, the hit was legal. And this was the thing. And that, uh, you know, clearly Kurt Malowski was visibly upset that his player was targeted. You know, and my take on it at the time was, well, it's within the rules. The league has reviewed it. They haven't suspended him. To be frankly honest, lacrosse got a lot of media attention. It was glorified, Evan. Like, glorified. Oh, yeah. Like, every... Every sports outlet was covering this hit. Then we came to find out what the real impact of it was. And that was a guy lost his career over this hit. And there is nothing. I don't care what it is. Anything could be a little positive side note to the NLL to get it some attention that 
deserves somebody losing their career. Well, and they and changed they changed the rule, Evan. Right? Like they changed they, the rule yeah. that off season. I even remember um, the Founders Cup was in Saskatoon that summer, and I'm sitting next to Ian Garrison, who's the RIC for that event. Sure enough, there's another one of these passes, and the Manitoba goalie is coming square out and does the exact same thing. And Ian and I both have our hands and our, you know, and our faces just trying to like, oh my god, well, this was again, this right? was common practice back in the day, like Dallas Elliott back in the early '90s. They used yeah. to do this all the time, and, and it's just and, we've and learned, the, Evan. We've learned that, that we got to move on here, but we've learned yeah. that this is not okay anymore. And kudos to the NOL for changing the rule, and and it's such a shame that Carson. It's, it's Young, a player safety issue, even yeah. if it's not a career ender anymore. No, doesn't matter. It's a player safety. It's a blind issue. side hit on a defensive player. We just know better now that. That yep. is not okay. Tino, what do you got? Uh, so I was going to put on the spot here. Like, I didn't know about oh, this come on. just now. But no, 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 I have one. But it's it's way lighter than than Evan's topic. But I think I'm coming around on, on Nickelback as being able to be used as goal songs. <laughs> oh, I was so God. against Nickelback. <laughs> you and I'm just saying I'm not here to say that I'm a Nickelback fan, but I'm kind of it kind of gets me fired up. A you little are bit. just trying to trigger people. <laughs> you, you, into another, like, you, you've got I see cold, what you're doing. I see you what you're doing. Point. Give me the cape, boys. I see what you're doing. I'll make mine quick here. I actually got a couple, uh, but I'll make them both quick here. There was a day, fellas, you, both of you might be a little too young to know this, but here in, in Canadian summer lacrosse, when a ball went out of play, they used to stop the game and have face-offs. Can you imagine that? Where, you know, no. the, the hockey face-off dots were used mm-hmm. in lacrosse, lines painted on the floor, face-off circles. You get two guys down there in the small circle, and another eight guys swarmed around you in a little semicircle, and they would saw it off every time a ball went out of play. I, don't, I can't remember the year that they changed that rule, but that was monumental in our sport. Let me tell you that. But the, the one I wanted to go with, and... Listen, <laughs> I did this for for a long, long time in the, in the WLA, and that was fight. And I'm on record as saying there is still a place in the game for fighting. And whether it be somebody takes a cheap shot on one of your star players, somebody runs over your goaltender, uh, you need a, a momentum switch, and and you're trying to spark your team up. I think there's a place for it there. Where I think fighting has gone by the way of the dodo bird here is the two heavyweight knuckle draggers that come out to start a period or start a game and chat it up. Okay, let's do this. Let's put on a show and the step back and shed your gear and place your helmet down and all of this, the staged fight no longer exists in, in lacrosse or any sport for that matter. Yeah. And it's, it, that's, especially scary when you take into consideration the concussion stuff that we're seeing right now in the, in the NFL with, with, and everything we know now about CT CTE and like head trauma in general and stuff. So I think that's a really well-timed take to bring up. Um, and yeah, generally I agree with you. Well, back in the day too, in the NLL you used to have what 20 or 22 man rosters back then. You could afford to have an enforcer. You can't afford to have one anymore. No. If you do, you're hurting yourself pretty pretty significantly. And that makes you as a player all the more valuable if you can have that element to your game, but that's not the only 
element that you have in your game. Know what I'm saying there? Yep, absolutely. All right, big focus is done. That was a big opening quarter right there. We're going to quarter number two because we got the general manager of the Rochester Nighthawks. Dan Carey, join us next here on EP205 of Lacrosse Classified. This is John Tavares, and you're listening to Lacrosse Classified. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified as we move into the second quarter of action here on EP205. Jake Elliott, Tino Farah, Evan Scheminer are with you. And with us since day number one has been Stampede Tack in Western Wear. Uh, brand new styles for Blundstone's boots are in the store now, guys. Uh, perfect time to pick yourself up a brand new pair of boots. You're not going to find any better than Blundstone's and Stampede Tack has the latest styles available. Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local, or head out there to the Dale, corner of Highway 10 and 180th, and you'll find, it may take you a little bit to find them on that massive wall of boots, but they're there. New Blundstones at Stampede Tack. Welcoming back to the podcast. Uh, seems like this is becoming an annual tradition, and I'm here for it. Uh, General Manager of the Rochester Nighthawks, Dan Carey. Dan, thanks for doing this. I know you're enjoying a little time off. You're back in the office tomorrow, but uh, appreciate you making time for us here on Lax Class. How are you? Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Thanks for having me on. Everything's good here. Awesome, man. Uh, and I was saying off the top that you keep a pretty low profile compared to some and, and most GMs. So you're not out there on the socials and you're not going to... You don't put yourself out there very often. You just kind of stay behind the scenes and go about your work. What are you in now? Year five, year six? I always get mixed up with the pandemic. How many years in Rochester now? Uh, I started here in January 2019. So it's coming on four years here um, once we get through December. it's. Uh, I think the pandemic seems like it's been a lot longer, but yeah, coming on four years. All right. Well, why don't uh, where where should we begin, Dan Carey? How about the draft? How'd you feel about the entry draft just a month ago? Uh, I felt really good about it. Um, knowing that you have the number one pick is something that we haven't experienced yet, and we felt really lucky to to be able to do that. I feel like we got a great player, a uh, great person, and and the character guy in Thomas McConvey. So, really excited to to see him, you know, in a Nighthawks uniform. Not this year, but next year, and and the the players following him, we we were really excited about about the guys that we were able to to get in the draft, and think that you know again Austin Hazen has has kind of proven himself at at the major series level and played against men and had a successful man cup. So sure I think from from that standpoint, he was he was a guy that you know has, has kind of proven himself. But um, along with the other guys that we drafted, we're we're excited to see them in camp. That right side's getting pretty thick over there with uh, with Hazer and uh, Smith now. Like, that's a lot of beef on, on that right side. But going back to McConvey here and, and getting the first overall pick, a lot of people, you know, looking at that deal going, oh, what, what are they doing here? Can you walk us through the rationale or why you decided to make that pick? Was it McConvey himself? Like, he just did not want to pass him up? Or was there future considerations involved? So it started, it's, there's different pieces to that trade. So ultimately getting that first overall pick. Yeah, we felt, and again, everybody's got their own opinion, but we felt like he was the best player in the draft. Um, and he's, you know, he's got size. He's a skilled left-handed offensive player, which again, those uh, right now, those aren't easy to come by. So, um, you know, I think everything that was involved with our decision was, 
we had a lot of uh, a lot of reasons, but felt like the value and the and the quality of player that we were going to get with him was, was something that we just didn't want to pass up. So um, a lot of moving parts within that trade, and and you know we had to we traded Charlie Bertrand, which you know he was a great player for us and a really good teammate. You know, but I think from our standpoint, the the logistics and, and the way that our league operates kind of comes into play to a certain extent there because he was a, a guy that was flying in and, you know, as an American player, fairly new to the box game, felt like it was going to be tough for him to continue to develop how we wanted him to and and where we would have saw him, you know, develop through practice. Not able to make practices made it tough because we practiced during the week. So, um, you know, that was kind of one of the one of the, I guess, components to it. But then, you know, as as Willie, you know, and I talked, you know, with the GM in, in Vegas, we talked quite a few times. And and once the list came out, we started to kind of move different parts around. And, um, you know, it's uh, Connor Fields became available as, as a player that was left unprotected. So we we had had multiple conversations with with other GMs and he was in San Diego for a while. So he was a guy that was, you know, on our list and, and a player that we targeted for a number of years. So, and then Riley Hutchcock. So it, it was kind of a lot involved in that, but going back to the first overall pick felt like the value was there for us to, uh, to take the player that we really wanted. And um, yeah, sometimes you got to give up to get, get that and, and get the value that you're, you're looking for. One of the tough things last season, of course, that you faced your strong point coming into the season seemed to be your goaltending. And unfortunately you lose Evan Kirk, to the police force, you lose Rylan Hartley to injury. Um, I, now you got Hutchcraft, of course, but I guess where are we, where are we at with uh, with Hartley's injury? Is he going to be okay? And and Evan Kirk, is there any any weeds in th- to bring him back, or what's the situation there? Yeah, unfortunately, Kirky, when he signed, he was was not expecting to to have to make that phone call to me to say he, you know, he's he's not able to commit. Um, I think with COVID that was a big part of the reason, um, is, is him, you know, when they're going through the, with specifically for the OPP, that the process of that, uh, there's a lot of, a lot involved, I guess, with, with having to go through that and, and the, the coursework and all that. So I think there was a lot of risk involved with COVID and having to miss time for that could jeopardize his placement, could jeopardize his, the course and potentially having to start over. So we, we understood his decision with that, uh, but it wasn't something that was expected uh, initially when he had signed, we knew he would miss some time. And, and Ryland Hartley was a, you know, as a young goalie that we took in the expansion draft that we, you know, believed in, we still believe in. Um, he, he had a great junior A career and has had success at every level he's played. So we, we kind of expect that from him. Um, but, you know, with Evan Kirk willing to sign with us, it was it was a good way to to give Ryland Hartley some some much needed time to develop um, in the net and give him opportunity to play, and you know with the guy that has experience in Evan Kirk. So it was it was tough to have that that phone call early on in the year to know that he wasn't able to commit to us. Um, but Ryland stepped in and, and did a great job as we expected, and you know unfortunately he was injured. That that uh, that was kind of a scary moment for us and for him and. You know, that's part of the reason we brought in Riley, Riley Hutchcraft 
in the off season was because of that, but he's doing well now. So, you know, he played in the president's cup. Sure he's did. Had, Look good too, Danny. Enough. Look good too. I'm telling you, he got a uh, goaltender of the tournament there. They didn't make the, the semifinals, but that's how well Hartley played is he still got goaltender of the tournament. Yeah. And I think he's, he's such a competitive kid and, and player. It's just, he just wants to win. Like he just wants to win so bad. And, um, he loves taking shots. Like I've never seen a guy so excited running into the net and, and willing to take shots in practice. He brings a ton of energy. So, um, he's, you know, he's a guy that we were kind of expecting big things from. And, but again, dealing with that injury, it's, it's not easy to, to kind of go through that. And, and, you know, like no team's recovering from that, Dan, like, let's be real here. You lose your starting goaltender. You're in a deep, deep hole. You lose the number two and number one, like you're not, no team is recovering from that in a season. Yeah. And I think it showed honestly, like within our room, we were like kind of reflecting on it and going through the season. There was one game, I think it was the game in New York where we just were off. We just didn't play well. We didn't have the jam. We didn't have the, you know, that attitude that we felt like we could win. Um, and the rest of the year, I felt really good about our effort and, and the way the guys had bought in. And, um, you know, again, there's always a specific player that might not play great, but overall our, our team, you know, buy-in was, was great all year. So yeah, it is difficult. We were trying not to make excuses and know that, you know, depth is a big part of having success as well. And knowing that, you know, Matt Gilray missed a lot of time, Corey yeah. Highfield, some players that could help us have success. Unfortunately, we, we had to play without and figure out a way to, to still compete as a younger team. It's not easy to do with teams that have, a lot of veterans and a lot of experience on their team and a lot more depth than I think that we have. So, but yeah, I think, you know, going into this, Ryland Hartley's healthy. He wanted to, he wanted to kind of, you know, jump back on the, on the horse and, and knock the rust off and play in the president's cup, which, you know, initially we were a little bit, you know, <laughs> to be honest, a little hesitant, right. You, yeah, you have you know, a guy that's very meaningful to your organization and knowing that, you know, something else happens, it's, it could be, could put us in a really tough spot but i get where he's coming from i i think that's a big part of what we really like about him is he's a competitor and just wants to play so it was good to see him get in that you know take some shots feel feel that uh that competitive edge again and and know that it's going to help us and help him coming into this season by doing that uh i was i was watching an interview you did after the draft a little while ago and uh it was it was after you obviously took you guys' first selection and when you were talking about McConvey, before you even mentioned anything about his skill on the floor you went straight to talking about his uh like his character and his professionalism is that something that you guys have kind of made a priority while you're trying to build this new uh winning culture in rochester Absolutely. And, and that's something that, you know, for me as th- this job and this sport and, and doing what we do is, is results driven, right? Like we, we have to, we have to eventually get to a point where we're, we're winning games. We're in the playoffs and competing for a championship. And, you know, if we're not, then I know that, uh, you know, that's something that I'm going to have to answer to. So, but I think first and foremost to me, which, what is important is the culture and, um, I think we have a great staff, you know, well, Mike Hazen is one of the, you know, the best people that I know in, in the game of lacrosse. And, um, we, we added players and, and, and people early on to make sure that we, we were able to, to kind of bring the, the, the young players and, and even the, some of the staff that maybe didn't have experience along with us that, uh, 
you know, are able to contribute to it, but also learn from, from what we have and, and the guys that we have. So I, again, I, I think bringing in the right people that you can rely on, you can trust, you know, we're going to go to bat for your teammates. You know, we're going to do the right thing when, when we're not together, because the NLL, as we know, you're not, you, you don't have those touch points each week. You're, you're, you're kind of left to to do your thing and, and you want to make sure you trust the guys to be in shape and, and, uh, and do what they're expected to do with film and all that. So, you know, we do get to see guys midweek to, to practice together, but it's still, you know, you still want to make sure you have guys that, that are going to be good teammates. They're going to come in and, and add to the culture of your team because they want to win and they want to be professional. And, and it, uh, it, to me, I always look at it as the players that are, that are ex- like on our existing roster. I want to make sure they, they have guys around them that are going to help them succeed and, and to be able to trust guys that have the right character. That's, that's the biggest thing in the biggest way. And, and sometimes you, you have to sacrifice some of that for talent just because, right. And, and you hope that you have the culture and the players that are going to help you have the success, success, bring those players along. But if you can find a player that has that skill level, the size, you know, the, the athleticism, all of that, plus the other stuff, it, it's, it's huge. And I think for him, like, you know, he is that. And Ryan Smith is that. And Ryan and Reese and the, and the young players that we have drafted, we've really done, you know, kind of, we've spent a lot of time on who we're drafting, not just the player that we see. It's who the person is. And um, I think Thomas is going to fit right in with those those other guys and the rest of our team. And he's going to add to that. Yeah, as we're here with the general manager of the Nighthawks, Dan Carey, and and you that kind of that middle tier, right, with Ryland and, and Hogarth, and I would put Curtis Knight in that conversation as well. Those guys that have been around long enough to know what it takes to be a good pro and, and be on a winning team. And then you got, you know, a little little veteran savvy in there as well with, with Danny Coates and, of course, your captain. And you talk about culture a lot, Dan, and, and I think number two there in green is, is the guy that sets the tone probably in the room and, and on the floor and, and what it's all about. You got the big fella coming back for another year, don't you? Yeah, yeah, we do. And, and you know, I think you two, you mentioned a couple of guys there, Dan Coates and, and Paul Dawson are both like they're guys that that we can lean on as a staff with with myself and our coaches they the the players can definitely lean on those guys but they're just they're just super competitors they're great guys they're they're yeah they're going to be future coaches in the league they're they're those guys that uh that are not easy to come by and not easy to find so we're, we're lucky to have both those guys and yeah paul has has been um it's almost like he's He's another kind of coach we can lean on it at times, but also a guy that just he wants to see this through. And and I know it's been tough for a couple of these guys. Again, Dan Coates signed with us as a free agent because he he believes in in what we're building here. You know, we it's been tough in free agency. Just I guess kind of going off topic a little bit. No, uh, they good. were both free agents. Yeah, you know, Paul was our initial our initial year and um, our initial season, and Dan was you know. The, the previous summer yeah. um, from this past summer. And, and uh, it's hard to find guys that, you know, again, there's what's the appealing thing here. Um, you know, Rochester to me, I love it here. It's a great place um, to raise a family. Um, it's kind of got a blue collar feel to it. And um, you know, a as far as history the, there as well. Right. Yeah. It, it's just, I think we're, you know, the fan base is going to continue to grow. And um, so I think there's a lot of good things here, but, you know, what's we, we're trying to find ways to, to make this appealing to free agents. And we've really tried hard the last couple of years. And, and unfortunately, some of the guys that we were targeting weren't, 
you know, they, they'd show us other places, which is, which is okay. Uh, yeah. It's just going to take us a little bit longer here to, to get to where we want to go. But I, I appreciate those guys trusting in us and um, they've taken, you know, kind of a, a major role in well, de- helping I develop thought, our thought, younger guys. I thought maybe like Hazer, you know, offered Polly a spot on the point on the power play or something to get him to sign there, the way he's popping in goals in the man cup and stuff like that. I thought maybe, well, we, we do tend to call him shooter quite a bit <laughs> um, through the year. He'll just, you know, it'll be, uh, come over that line and yeah. 25 seconds left in the shot clock. He just kind of gets that feeling, right. He just, he feels it. So <laughs> he, go he lets on and, it rip yeah, and tunnel vision, um, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you not too many times does he, uh, does he miss when he does kind of figure that out and wind up and, um, we always get a kick out of it when he buries one and just like runs off like he he does it a hundred times a year. So yeah. um, it's fun to watch when he does. But yeah, he might. Maybe they have something. I don't know. Okay. If I see him on the top of the power, extra test six on year, five. Maybe just stick him right yeah. In the middle there. Yeah, six oh. on five, right in the middle. Well, yeah, and and backseat of the plane, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, who are those one or two guys on on your team that are? say either overlooked or underrated in your opinion ryland reese comes to mind yeah you don't have to, you don't I, have to I, sell I me that on that kid that. dan I think, I, I think most people know about ryland reese and what he brings to the table well i know they know but i honestly don't know if people realize how good he is yeah. like i don't i don't i think he's they should. I think he's they underrated should. yeah i really do yeah. i think he's one guy for sure that's underrated that um i think people got to start to kind of recognize a little bit more so he's the first guy that comes to mind. And how about um, Mitch Ogilvy? I don't know. Like, how about Mitch Ogilvy, Dan Carey? Because I was watching this guy in the Man Cup, and he was knocking people around and transitioning. The ball. Like he he really looked like he is taking a giant leap forward in his progression. Yeah, he's a stud. He's he's great. He's so he he's so cerebral. He sees the game and understands the game very well. Super competitive. He's that guy that's just right in your gloves you and your face. You know it with like, that last name. All the time. It's, it's, yeah, there's no you, other choice, really. What's that? I said with that last name, you know he's going to be. Like, I don't think that's, that's in the DNA yeah. right there. Yeah, that pedigree, he's, he's got it. He knows he knows the game. He knows that uh, that his work ethic is going to be a big part of that, too. So You got somebody um, at your door right now? We need to yeah, hit the pause button. I, so. I, I can I hit the pause so. button here. Let, let's take a break. Yeah, I don't know. The kids are the kids are taking it. <laughs> I, don't know okay, so I don't know if you got uh, delivery. If you got to stop, just let me know. We can do that. Uh, I think we're okay. Okay, we're Tino, right. Tino, you're up. Yeah, sure. Um, internally, what are your guys' expectations for the season? Because obviously, everybody has their eyes on on the ultimate prize, but at the same time, you also have to be realistic. And sometimes, when your strict goal is set on, you know, the ultimate goal of of winning a championship uh it it can be a little bit damaging in a way so with that in mind what are your honest expectations for this season sorry i i uh <laughs> i had to just throw you on mute there but uh i caught some of it Dude, should i get you to re- no no you're good Dad. this or- is real life happening in real time here <laughs> but tino was just asking you know like i think you have to have some achievable goals, some goals to strive for and some goals that are maybe a little further off in the distance. And, and I think that the sum of it was what are your realistic expectations coming into this season? To compete every game. And again, I think touching on free agency and where we're at, we had some injuries last year. Like I think we believe in ourselves, the, the staff, I, I, I believe our players do as well. Uh, when guys, 
like Paul Dawson still want to be here. Um, he made a decision to come back to us, right? He wasn't under contract. A lot of the other guys, you know, we have a young, really young group. I, I think probably one of, if not the youngest in, in the league. I know Fort Worth was pretty young last year, but we're still very young. Um, so some of these guys, you know, they don't really have a choice. Um, they're on the Nighthawk, but we had some guys that that wanted to be here and Brad Gilly signed in the off season and, you know, guys are excited for this year. Um, I think part of that is because the guys that we do have and that have gone through the last few years, they see there's some momentum. They see that we're developing. They see that, you know, we do have opportunities to to now compete against some of the top teams. You know, we played against Buffalo and I know they didn't win a championship, but um, they were right there and, and the first overall in the league in the regular season standings and um we played very well against them the three games that we played um toronto was was a great team and i think you know there was a couple of games we were close and so i i think we see that and knowing that you know again injuries like we have yeah, a couple not guys that, that far off from, dan like you're right there yeah. right there yeah so i think expectations like we're a competitive group. I hate to lose, hate to lose. So does everybody else in our team. And that's, those are the guys we want. Um, I know Mike Hayes and he's, you know, I don't know how many championships that guy's won. It's hard, I've lost count. More right? than it's he has fingers and thumbs. Let's um, put it that way. And, and, and to mention like, you know, so Patty O'Toole, same thing. And yeah. we had a Gavin Prout who's won at every level. Oh, that I didn't know that. What's, what's Prouter doing? Is he on the bench? Prouter's, Crowder's our new assistant. Uh, he's our offensive coach. Okay. So Matt Giles, unfortunately, wasn't able to to continue to commit. You know, he's a dear friend of mine and a, a guy that we talked about character earlier is yeah. one of the best people I know. Um, but he, you know, family uh, sure. commitment. He wasn't able to commit this year and and brought in Gavin Prout. He's he's going to be our our new offensive coach. So the energy he's already bringing. It's like it. it we're <laughs> I'm excited. I think he's just he's a charismatic guy. He's yeah. already like you know, just the film and the draft and the prep that he's like, he wants to be involved. He's, he's been great for us. So, you know, I think expectations for us is we we're hoping to be competing for a playoff spot and we all know you get in the playoffs. It's, it's a different season and and that's our hope and that's our goal. So I, I think we have to take it one game at a time and compete every single weekend. And every single time we, we get together, we, we said this since day one, we got to continue to get better. Um, but there's going to be a point and, and we just, you know, we, we're, we're going to get there, um, wanting to see how things start off this year, but we're, we're thinking that we're going to be competitive with, with, with every, every team and every game this year. So, you know, again, I I think it's, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to, it's hard to say that going four 14, but we believe in our group. Um, do I think that we have our team now with that window open of championship, um, I think it's yet to be seen, but we had seven or eight guys that were on the man cup winning team this year. Um, and some very good players that weren't on that team with Ryan Smith and Ryland Reese and goaltending and all that. So we, we feel really good about where we're at. Um, we do have some guys that are kind of injured from the off season. So hopefully they can kind of get back up to, to regular strength and, and get back to as close to hundred percent that they can help us out. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. I think again, Thomas McConvey coming in next year. will like, we don't have a lot of guys that are going to be hit hitting UFA and Dan Coates and and Paul Dawson are two older guys that, you know, hopefully are are wanting to stick around because they're going to see that growth, but we're, you're in a good spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're continuing to, to, to develop our guys while, you know, being competitive and, we want to take a game by game, but think we we have what it takes to compete with anybody. 
Well, I was looking at taking a look, quick look at your schedule here. The one, of course, you got three games at home to end the regular season. So if you're in the playoff race, you got a nice little advantage there. But looking at Vegas, you get to go to Vegas. I yeah. guess that's the probably the highlight for most of the boys. How do you look at that? Is it a, a great opportunity to go play in Vegas or is it a great opportunity for two points? What are your thoughts? We we got to go win a game. Like that's the that's the number one priority, right? It, it's something that uh, you can kind of get caught up in in everything else anywhere, right? Whether you're playing in in Toronto, closer to home and, and family and friends, or you know wherever it is, um, Vegas is is new, right? It's a new thing for us to experience in the in the NLL. So I think guys are excited about that, which is great. But we got to go be excited about go winning a game. And then they can enjoy themselves. I think that's the the biggest thing for us is is we can't. Uh, and and again, we were we were an expansion team that that's only now played a full season, so we haven't gotten to through two full seasons yet. So um, we can't start thinking that we're we're going to be better than these guys going in there. It's got to be a, a team that we give a ton of respect to. And you know, if we do that, then I think we're going to you know be competitive in that game. And that's the goal is to go win. Be in the um, mix. You know, it, part of it within the league is you, you want it, you want it to be fun for our guys. You want guys to experience, you know, other things outside of the game. And that might be an opportunity for the guys to to stick around and have fun for a day or two after. Last um, one here for you, DC but, real quick. Um, training camp. Uh, what's the plan for, for camp? When do you open? Where are you spending it? Uh, exhibition games lined up? Anything you can tell us there? Yeah, we start on the 28th. We come here to Rochester. Um, so we'll start that weekend. We will have, you know, if we have enough bodies to, to that are healthy to play, we'll do an inter-squad scrimmage. So we'll have the 28th, 29th. And then the following weekend, we'll scrimmage Buffalo in Buffalo on the 5th. Uh, actually, sorry, the 6th. And then we have a scrimmage against Calgary on the 12th in Brampton. And then we're against... Uh, Panther City on the 26th in Brampton. Well, so, you want me to get Bob in on the call here? He's waiting online. I didn't realize I didn't realize you're playing Panther City in the exhibition. So let me just uh, let me just get <laughs> Hammer on on the line here quickly, Bobby. Hey, we're not talking right now. No, me and Bob are talking. Uh, right now. Okay. Well, I was just, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Bob, Dan just let us know that uh, you guys are playing an exhibition game. So I thought I'd might take the opportunity to get both GMs on the horn here, and uh, if you guys. Guys want to let the sparks fly? I'll let, here we go. Well, you can just ask him how it went last year. Oh, <laughs> oh you keep scoring scrimmages. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, score. Oh, Jake asked. Jake asked. That's, that's, only, that's the only history I have. That's right. I did. All right, Dan. Uh, we'll leave it on There's that. There's one that matters on January seventh. That's a little more important, yes. right? There you that's go. Right. Yeah. That's right, right, Evan. All right, Dan. Hey, uh, appreciate your time here on the podcast. As always, best of luck with the Nighthawks this upcoming season. I'm sure we'll talk soon. Thanks a lot. Thank you all. There you go, Dan. Dan Dan Terry uh, into year four here with the Nighthawks as the GM. And it's been a slow build, a slow burn here for the Nighthawks, but they're doing it the right way and doing it through the draft, getting some key free agents, building young and developing these guys over time. And, yeah, you're going to have a little bit of heartache through those years, but you're going to get there eventually. And I think it's just another year of progression here for the Nighthawks coming up. Much like our next guest in quarter number three, the general manager of Panther City, 
going into year two down there in Fort Worth. We'll talk to him next. Bob Hamley here on Lax Class, quarter three. Hey, this is big team guy Tyson Geick of the Lacrosse Flash. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lax Class. Halftime is over. We're into the third quarter here of EP205 on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. As our NOL season previews continue, brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. I actually just talked to the proprietor, Kevin Michael Winkler. He's in Hawaii right now. Send me a picture from the golf course. He's got his wife, his boy, Kona. Just spectacular. He said he's been planning this trip since 2020, and he finally made it happen and looks to be as happy as ever. I, I said my weekend was pretty good, but no chance it was that good. Golfing in Hawaii right now, but Stampede Tack is still open out there in Cloverdale or 24-7 online, stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Hammer is back on the podcast. Bob Hamley, thanks for joining us. Uh, where are you? Are you down in Fort Worth right now? Or are you, where are you, yeah, where are you? yeah, just uh, just made it back. Uh, we were up in Denver over the weekend, celebrating my daughter's birthday on Friday, uh, like Dan Carey, trying to take a few days off before the uh, madness begins. Well, this is just it. You know, like uh, Jammer was back there in Venice. I know Dan Richardson took off to Hawaii as well. Coach Day's up in Muskoka in the backwoods. He's like MIA right now. This is really the window for general managers and coaches alike to take a little reprieve, get re-energized for a big upcoming training camp and season, right? This is the time, that the window. Yeah, yeah, it really is, Jake. Uh, you know, the summer lacrosse and then August and September, uh, the Canadian Championships and uh, obviously the drafts. So a lot of us uh, try to get most of our guys signed by the 1st of October and we can take a few days before training camp starts. So uh, looking forward to the next few days uh R&R. Well, yeah, I saw you uh, in the swamp. I think I saw you at Queens Park. You made the rounds during the summer scouting uh, for the upcoming draft. And I'm assuming you you probably took in uh, the Minto Cup as well. And you, you come away with the draft. Um, we just asked Dan Carey this as well. But I know most general managers are going to say they're really happy with the draft. But tell me why you're happy with your draft selections this season. Well, it's just really hard to find offense, Jake. And that, that's where you find. Uh, uh, most of the offensive guys in our in our league are are built through the draft. So uh, you know, picking at five and nine, we got two left-handers that uh, can score and make plays, and that's really what we were looking for uh, in those positions. And uh, you know, I think when it's all said and done, the draft's going to be a good one. There are a lot of great uh, offensive guys, and obviously some stud D guys that were in there as well. But for us, you know. 17, 18 months ago, I didn't even have any players. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going, going into the two drafts that we had were very, very important. And uh, we took it seriously and as we should. And we're, we're happy to get, um, you know, Jason Knox, a uh, quality left-hander that can shoot the heck out of the ball. And then, as you alluded to, Jake, I, I, didn't, miss, uh, I didn't miss a game of the Mental Cup. Uh, I saw all the games live. And uh, as the week was going along, I don't think I missed a warm up either because uh, it was fun to watch, to be there early and to see these kids, you know, interact with their teammates. And uh, we're very happy to get the goat, as they call them. Yeah. And, and I don't want to steal everybody's thunder here, but, you know, you're talking about Matthew Goche, who really was the kind of the 
the surprise of the Minto Cup. I don't know if it was the surprise or not, but he really stood out kind of head and shoulders above a lot of other players and a guy that was maybe not quite on the radar like some others. And I know uh, your, your boy Cornfield there obviously knows this kid real well and, and probably didn't have to sell you too hard on him, but Matthew Goche looks like he's going to be a real good one here, Bob. Yeah, we, uh, we followed him all summer and Jordan gave us a heads up after the season. And I watched a few games online and obviously, you know, Jordan really well, Jake, uh, Jordan does a great job for us. This team wouldn't be where it is today without Jordan Cornfield. And he actually said during the summer, if we can get to the Minto cup, this kid is going to be the talk of the Minto cup. And Jordan nailed it. Yeah. Uh, the kid was a talk as that team was, that whole team was really fun to watch. Uh, best mental cup I've been to. Yeah. Bar none. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Matthew really performed when he, when he had to, uh, along with a lot of his teammates. Reflecting back on the year that was, uh, it was a really rough start. I believe he started one and six and then something just clicked to the point where I believe you were in the playoff race until the last week of the season. You know, you got a head coach who most of us were, casting first place votes for for coach of the year what changed between between the first half and the second half of the season yeah Evan we were actually one and eight and uh our our eighth loss was against Calgary who was shorthanded here in Fort Worth and driving home with my wife I thought oh boy what have I done uh but (laughs) honestly Evan it was the process and you guys know TK really well. I think Jake knows me probably better than you guys do, but I'm not a patient guy. So <laughs> we got TK's process and yeah. got Hammer's impatience. Uh, and I trusted TK right from the get-go, and he was bang on. He said, Hammer, trust the process. We're getting there. We're getting there. And he was right. And I, I give a lot of credit to Tracy. He picked a great leadership group. He Stuck with the process. He didn't panic. His coaching staff didn't panic. The players didn't panic. We're all in this together. And I really attribute um, the players' belief in TK. And uh, that's the reason he was the coach of the year. And I'm so fortunate to have Tracy Koleski in my head coach because he really led these young men to, like you said, Evan, being in the hunt uh for a playoff spot which was exciting for all of us and uh it's gonna it's gonna help us down the road too yeah honestly learned how to win honestly bob i'm i'm now wearing a panther city jersey and i listened to this guy talk pre-game post-game i want to run through a brick wall for tk like i can't imagine what it's like to be in that room having the hall of famer you know set you straight giving it to you and, and giving you the pearls of wisdom to go out and succeed like that's, that's, I mean, it gets the, the tingles going when you think yeah. about that. Absolutely, Jake. And he's one at every level. Yeah. Uh, his resume speaks for himself, for itself. And, you know, the players listened and they continued to just hammer away and listen to him. And, and again, the process. And, uh, yeah, I know there's a, a good video of our first game in Philly, the, the speech that TK had um, 
Well, well, I was looking for my running shoes and equipment. Where, where, how do I get out there? Not the spandex, though, Bob. Not the spandex. <laughs> just the shoes and uh, the yeah. Keep the spandex. yeah. Let's not get into the spandex. Yeah, okay. Let's not get into the spandex. Please, God, don't hire Andy Towers. It's your system. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Patrick Dodds was a statistical leader for you guys as a rookie last season in a handful of categories. Um, building off of that, plus just a monster year in junior a he had like 70 points or something like that this season. How do you see his game evolving heading into another pro season? Well, you're gonna have to ring the bell here, Jake. Oh, uh, you did I, I, it. I, I, yeah, I, baby. I, I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. Uh, just no, say yeah, it. Ring you, the bell if you want. If you don't say it, I'm not ringing it. <laughs> so that's on you. I'm just glad you brought up Patrick Dodds because I could talk about Patrick Dodds till, uh, you know, for three hours. I'm very proud of that young man. And uh, you know what? Honestly, when we were preparing and we were preparing hard for our expansion draft, we had another player on the board that up until the last two weeks, uh, Patrick was not on our, our board. I kept watching the Minto Cup from, I believe, 19, right, Jake? Yeah, uh, that sounds right. 18 or 19. Yeah. I think it was 19. Yeah. Donville, obviously watching Donville, but uh, Patrick just caught all of our eyes. I, uh, Dan Teed, I think, was the first one to say hammer. Like, this kid, all he does is cut through the middle and shoots overhand and big, tall, great feet, you know, we should be looking seriously. And I looked some more and I said, you're right. This like, like I said before, it's hard to find offense. So we talked some more and talked with Patrick and we said, you know, he's young. He's only going to get better. Let's take a, let's take a shot at him. And we did. And he uh, proved his worth all season. Uh, to answer your question about this season, obviously we got John Donville coming in on that right side, and yeah. we've already talked to Patrick. Yeah, we've already talked to Patrick. You know, he had a great season, um, but he's going to be part of a, a complete offense, uh, including John Donville. So, you know, frankly, his his points may even go down. Who knows? But Donville, as we know, has a high high lacrosse IQ, and he's just going to make Patrick better all around, which uh, I'm excited to see. Here with Bob Hamley, GM of Panther City. And, Bob, you, you've been a GM in this league for a long time, Colorado and now Panther City. But that last year was the first time that you've built a team from scratch, correct? Well, Arizona was a little bit of it. It's a long story. Arizona, we came from Columbus. and I was the GM head coach. We moved to Arizona, and we lost a bunch of players because ownership didn't pay them in time. And so a lot of them, like Derek Suddens, became a free agent. So it was kind of a rebuild. But... Right from true expansion, yes, Jake, you're yeah. right. This is the first time for me. So I, I guess, you know, I, I would ask you, like, how would you evaluate the job that you did constructing a roster from scratch? Maybe what did you learn about yourself in that process? And not to, you know, give away company secrets to some guys coming into the league, like maybe Sean Williams, but, you know, what what did you learn from that process that you think that you maybe could have done a bit better? Well, I think we all um, would say that we're – pretty good evaluators of talent. I, I consider myself a good evaluator of talent and we worked very hard on it as a group starting in, I want to say November of 2020. That's when we started speaking as a group and going over every team. And so we thought we were really prepared. And the one thing I, will, I would tell you, Jake, that we learned was we were only a percentage right. in a lot of those picks, um, a lot of those picks we missed too. Uh, I had a, a wise old mentor tell me from November 20 until I actually picked, he says, Hammer, you're going to cut some of the guys you pick out of expansion. I said, you're totally wrong. We got it nailed. We're, we got it. These guys are going to be a big part of our team. 
and I learned pretty quickly when we got to training camp that, you know, we, we missed on a few. Uh, but we, you know, we touched on Patrick Dodds and, and, and uh, you know, Will Malcolm and a few others that we, we nailed. Now look out um, for Will so, Malcolm coming this year, Bob. Uh, I've been watching this kid working out over the last year. Holy cow. He looks like he's on a mission. Totally agree, Jake. I, I saw him in Colorado. I said to the guys, I got to have this kid. I just got to have him. Yeah. Just, uh, just love Will. He's and uh, I, future's real bright. I, and you got, uh, you got the other Malcolm now too, if I'm not mistaken, right? Tony coming to town. Yeah, we just traded for him the last couple of weeks. Uh, I've asked Glenn Clark about Tony Malcolm. I think every time I spoke to him over the last year and a half, and um, you know they're obviously making some changes in Albany and. I don't know the complete story, but I think Tony didn't want to be part of a rebuild. So um, we, we were fortunate enough to to land him, and uh, we got the, the Malcolm brothers together. One of the things we've been talking about in some of the other previews is teams still looking for goalies, having goaltender depth issues, goaltender aging issues, there's some injuries. You've got to be pretty happy in your situation uh, with Demud and Orleman that you've got two guys you can rely on to go in that any night and they're both young. You're going to have them for a while. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, we're hitching our wagons to Demood, Evan. Uh, he came on for us in that streak of, uh, you know, five or six in a row. Uh, and he's only uh, 23 years old. I don't think he turns 24 until December. Uh, so young, uh, passionate about the game, loves the game, very coachable understands the position i've known nick for a long time he did some things with me uh with when i was with 3d lacrosse in between my nll jobs so i knew of him and we're hitching our wagon to him he's uh he's only going to get better and he's another guy that really flourished under under tk uh and then orleman uh gave us great minutes won our first game in in uh, team history in new york just an incredible teammate and we got a guy coming up, Cam McLeod, who yeah, uh, we're yeah, thrilled hey. with as well. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's going to be a good one, too. And correct me if I'm wrong, Bob, but was it not Damude that I, I want to say it was against Calgary coming down the stretch in a real important game for you guys and was just absolutely lights out in the fourth quarter. And I like you tell me, but I kind of felt like that was his I'm here moment in the National Lacrosse League where he steered that team to that victory and it was everybody just dogpiled him. It was like that was Daymood winning a game for your team when you needed it the most. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Jake. And back to my point on TK and, you know, we didn't make the playoffs, which we're still bitter about. But those guys, including Nick, Daymood, learned how to win, what it takes to win our league. As you guys know, it's so hard to win in our league. It's really difficult. So when those guys can learn to, to you know, buckle down in the fourth quarter, like you mentioned, Jake and, and Demood, uh, you know, it, it bodes well for the future. Absolutely. Uh, I want to hear what you have to say a little bit about Dean Farrell, because that's a guy that, um, you know, I got really familiar with him when he was playing uh, in the XL out, out here for uh, for a summer and, and right. really brought himself onto the map. And then if I'm not mistaken, I, I think he was part of your guys's training camp and didn't make the team and then came in halfway through the year. And, you know, yeah. not to say the whole turnaround of your guys' season is on Dean Farrell, but he was a huge part of that momentum. So, uh, so what can you tell me about Dean Farrell? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Tino, we, there's one of our mistakes coming out of the training camp. Uh, Dean had a really good training camp and uh, we played one more preseason game and, we, and maybe we put a little pressure on him. Uh, and he didn't have the game that maybe we thought he could. And, and uh, 
And then, you know, we're one and eight. We're kind of looking for some help. And frankly, our power play was atrocious. It was it was awful uh, in the beginning. And I just said to TK, we got to get some help for the power play. We knew of Cam Milligan. And so we brought Cam and Dean in at the same time. And those two clicked. Uh, Dean really likes to hang out on that goal line extended. And he likes to quick stick it. Wow, him and Cam really infused uh, uh, our lineup and really brought uh, something we didn't have, Tino. And uh, so, uh, and then you touch on the power play. Our power play uh, probably was top four in the last half of the season. And those two guys, including Dean, were instrumental in that. Wonderful young man that uh, it's one of those stories, right, Tino, that you're pulling for. I know Jake, I heard Jake a few times say, I'm really pulling for this kid, Farrell, and he got his chance and he ran with it. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad it was in a Panther City uniform for sure. Here with Bob Hamley. And Bob, you're going into year two here, and, and I'm sure Greg Bibb and the entire organization are, have been working since day number one here to, to get the fans in the building. And, and I'm sure you'd like some more in there. So, Tell me, yes. you know, after a year and, and some success in the back half of the season, another year to prepare and, and build that season ticket base, I would assume that the grassroots programs are off and running again. Tell me what's going on behind the scenes to generate the buzz in Fort Worth. Yes, absolutely, Jake. Uh, we have a lot of work to do. And uh, Greg Bibb, uh, to his credit, recognized it pretty quickly. Um, you know, with COVID, honestly, we We've gone through some some staffs, uh, honestly, and it's no excuse, but uh, we've had people come in, leave, and uh, I think now we finally have a staff, Jake, that are going to lead us uh, into getting that building um, where we want to get it to. Because Dickey's and, Arena uh, is a beautiful spot to go watch. Look, like Every person I talked to that had been down to Fort Worth, Bob, is raving yeah. about Dickey's Arena. Yeah, they didn't spare any money on the building. It's it's phenomenal. There's marble all over the place. The the lobby looks like a museum. It's incredible. But uh, so we have a new new marketing person, uh, new new ticketing, uh, new corporate sales, and they're they've come from great positions and are excited to be involved with the with the National Lacrosse League and the Panther City Lacrosse Club. So we're excited what they're going to do, and I've already seen it in the office. They're they're buzzing in there, and I'm excited about the home opener on uh, December 9th. Last one for you here, Bob. Uh, taking a look at the schedule, uh, you know, most most people we talked to so far are pretty happy with the schedule that they have. You're kicking it off at home, and you're doing it against the Desert Dogs here, and going up against uh, you know a brand new lacrosse team here. I think this would probably yes. be your back to back here on uh, uh, the Desert Dogs, a chance to get out to a real good start to 2022. No, absolutely. Uh, obviously, starting at home. Uh, last year, we started on the road. So this year, we're starting at home. I like our schedule. We do have the one back-to-back. -back. Uh, we're in Vegas on the Friday night. And uh, we got Colorado waiting for us on the on the Saturday defending champs, which is our only back-to-back. -back. But uh, that game's a GM's dream. Uh, we got to fly out early from Vegas. So uh, <laughs> uh, player, player, our... Our players won't be too happy, Jake. Hey. The GM is very excited. Yes, about I that. bet. That, I bet. That's our only trip to Vegas. But uh, yeah, the West is tough. You know, everybody uh, can win on any given night, including uh, what we've seen in expansion the last few years. Uh, Las Vegas and Sean Williams is a great lacrosse mind, and he's going to do a good job for Vegas. So we're going to have to be on our toes every night, and that's what you want, right? 
Absolutely. Bob, uh, appreciate your time as always. Best of luck in that exhibition game against the Nighthawks and, and Dan Carey as well. And I'm sure we will uh, cross paths here in the upcoming NLL season. I look forward to it, my friend. Thanks for doing this. Thank you, guys. Take care. There he is, the Hammer, Bob Hamley, year two with Panther City. And, you know, that, like you mentioned, that one and eight start, and, and nobody was kind of really batting an eye, thinking, okay, expansion team, it's going to be a long year in Panther City. They weren't happy with it. Obviously, the players and the coaching staff weren't happy with it either. And they turned things around, and they opened a lot of people's eyes last year. And I'll tell you this about Panther City. They're not getting any worse coming into this year with Johnny Donville coming into their lineup. No, like, uh, who did they lose? They lost Randy Stotts, who didn't play for them last year, right? So, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's interesting because I think back as to how many seven and eight games they cost me and who you got last year. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's what Evan is equating it all to, who you got. Who you got. <laughs> but, but it's the truth is, like, it was like, no way, right? Like it, it was, it was. Uh, they, it was I mean, win. they, they rocked another. the boat. You know, they, they surprised yeah. a lot of people, and and maybe we shouldn't be so surprised. And one thing we didn't even get to mention with Panther City, he was talking about the coaching staff and Tracy and and Dan Teed, of course, but no more Dan Teed there, right? It's it's Kyle Goundry, their Western scout, who has taken a step forward and will be on the bench with Panther City alongside TK, uh, former Roughneck teammates. So I like the synergy there with the coaching staff. They'll miss Dan T, but Kyle Goundry's going to do a good job for them as well. Yeah. And they remind me a lot of, I mean, like in some ways of the Vegas golden Knights from when they first entered the year uh, or first entered the league and how everybody looked at them. as just like this team of third liners that was going to do nothing. And then all of a sudden they end up in the stand. Seriously, that's a great, that's a great analogy. I just think that, you know, like obviously they didn't make it. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs ultimately, which is not, what they're aiming for but i just look at that as a team that was so well coached and everybody just bought into the system and once they started you know like trusting the process a little more like he mentioned they just started rolling in the back half of the season so i'm excited to see what they can come up with this year you're not getting the ding this week by the way he didn't say good (laughs) we're taking this to kangaroo court todd lebron will weigh in when he listens to the podcast he can rule on it but he he said to give it to you, but he didn't say the words. He, he can't so, say, I, I meant to shoot it there, but I didn't. Uh, I, he didn't say it. Didn't. He, he said, didn't. Jake, you're going to have to put but a But then he here. didn't say, good, great, if awesome. awesome question counts, that counts. Well, we'll, we'll see what Todd has to say. No dang this week. <laughs> we are going to take a break here uh, on Lax Class. Quarter three is done. One more quarter to go. Fourth quarter time. Lax Class locks. Stupid cloud nine. All right, we'll be back right after this. <laughs> Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Brendan Bomberry from the Georgia Swarm and Iroquois Nationals. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lax Class. Fourth and final quarter. No more breaks here on the podcast, but Associated Labels are not taking any breaks either. They're the best in the business when it comes to labels and packaging. They focus on people, ethics, and, of course, quality 
actually perusing the ALP website. It's actually a pretty cool website when you check this out, but they got a new thing here, guys. The EPLAS group has developed a child-resistant zipper to address an important issue. Children getting into things that they should not be getting into. This is a a major problem. And, you know, those screw tops where you got pushed down or you got squeezed on the side of the bottle, some... The zipper, it, it provides a perfect balance between being challenging to children, but also easy for adults to access. Check it out on their website under the news tab. Brand new zipper packaging from Associated Labels and Packaging. AssociatedLP.com. Saw Sean Ashworth out on the weekend in there, Langley. Walking around the township with his Niners jersey on, his Niners hat on, proud as a peacock. They pumped the Panthers this weekend. He's a little bit too much to handle right now, quite frankly. But uh, you won't have to worry about that at Associated Labels and Packaging. They'll set you straight. Need a label, need a package. Those are your people. As we move into quarter four here in Lax Class Locks, uh, should we just get right into it here, fellas? I say yes. Lax Class Locks time. It's locked. There you go. Lax class. Ooh, that's a big lock. Tino, 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 <laughs> Tino, Tino. Costing the people money this past week goes back to class. We should have known that Cloud9 upsetting Edward Gaming the first time, which was a massive upset. There was no way that was going to happen two times in a row, but you went back to him and you cost the people the jumbo bucks last week, Tino. Do you want to apologize? Do you want to apologize? No, like I said, live by cloud nine, die by cloud nine. Uh, And, uh, you know, maybe that's a little foreshadowing into my uh, my little individual bet. So here's the deal. Bills by a zillion. I had the bills by 14. They won by 35. Easy money there. Won my bet. Evan, I can't even remember what you had. Some soccer bet. Charles Leclerc. Oh, yeah. F1. Leclerc finishes second on the podium so evan came through in the clutch as well tino effed it all up with cloud nine <laughs> and uh parlay did not come in so here's the deal tino you're you're out on this week's parlay we're going with a two-game parlay because evan and i are winners and you're the opposite of that but we are going to allow you to make a single bet but you have to win this bet to get back into the parlay next week do you want to hear the bet now? Uh, if you say cloud nine, I might just delete you from this Zoom call right now. <laughs> Should I just leave myself then? Are you serious? <laughs> well, Guess who, who they're playing again, 10, baby? What, are there Edward only gaming? Are there only two teams in this league? No, there's a ton, and they play like multiple games every day. But I figured, what a great opportunity for me to potentially redeem myself. We got one win. Okay. We got one loss. This is this is essentially game seven, baby, for for Cloud Nine. Oh, is it a best of three when it comes to esports? I don't know. 
I, I mean, no, but it's okay. the third time they're playing. Okay, well, you, I mean, this is on you because if you don't want to be a part of things in the fourth quarter, you just keep taking cloud nine and you can I, sit uh, on the sidelines. I, I got to talk to our boy, Patty Gregoire, because I don't know. I know you guys don't really – oh, I assume you guys don't play like the games that I play, but there's a – Overwatch <laughs> 2 just came out and there's an Overwatch League. Why are there no Overwatch <laughs> odds yeah. going on here, yeah, Patty? You, Come on, man. You have that conversation with Pat. I'm staying out of that. So you're taking cloud nine to beat oh. Edward. What are the odds on that? Plus 300, baby. Okay, so another monster underdog. You're going with it. All right, Cloud9 to beat Edward Gaming. Purchase at your own risk, people. Evan, what do you you got going on this week? Uh, Two-game parlay. Let's make it happen here. We need a win, and we need need one badly. I got a redeposit for the first time ever on my cool bet account. That is how bad things have been. You should have been following me with that lacrosse sixes this nah, summer. I mean. Get off that. That's ancient <laughs> history. What are we doing this week? Well, I'm just, I'm certain it's going to be up there. It hasn't been up there yet, but I'm just going to make it really simple. Canada women's world rugby. Well, it's sorry. I shouldn't say women's. It is the rugby world cup. They do not differentiate men's and women's okay. names anymore. They okay. just call it the rugby world cup, but it is the women playing. They beat Japan. Oh, they kicked the sushi times. right out of them. Evan. What was well, it? They it just... was, it was sad. Like, I mean, their pack weight was such a huge advantage. They just got into a mall and just kept pushing them over the goal line. Yeah. But kick the sushi. Test. How about that? That came out of nowhere right there. Kick the sushi out of them. But it's like a tougher it. test this week. Just it is going to be Italy them. who is, I believe three spots behind them in the world rankings, but we're not betting against our Canadian women. We're taking the Canadian women to beat Italy this weekend, rugby world cup. All right. Uh, We'll get the odds up there on that. And of course the NHL starts this week, but we're staying away from the NHL this week. I'm going, why would I not? I was so successful last weekend betting on the NFL with my bills pick. Why would I not stay with it? And I honestly, I cannot believe I'm going to do this uh, because I, I I I hate both these teams, quite frankly. And and Philly Twitter and Cowboys Twitter might be the worst Twitter out there next to Maple Leafs and Blue Jays Twitter. Go Mariners, by the way. I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm taking the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football plus Ooh. five and a half points against the undefeated five and zero Eagles. Is Coop. it in Jerry's world or is it in Coop. Philly? It's, I think it's in Philly. Cooper Ooh. Rush. Okay, Let's did we go. not talk about taking a team on the road a few weeks ago? They're not. They're not the favorite though. They're the underdog. They're, I'm getting. I'm getting five and a half points here, Evan. Ooh, well, we'll see. Cowboys plus five minus one sixty-seven. Two game parlay this week. We need a win. Just get on that. Get on cool bet. Sign up for an account if you have not done this yet. First-time depositors, use the bonus code LAXCLASS before you put your money in there, and they will match you up to $200. Free money, courtesy of CoolBet, bonus code LAXCLASS. Then in the search bar, Lacrosse Classified Parlay will pop up and uh, wager at your own discretion, especially right now with the streak that we are on. Might I'll be make better sure you follow off, my bets. Yeah, cloud nine. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, with with our luck, it's going to be he's right this week. He's going to take him again next week and screw us again. Yeah. And don't worry, I'll be humble about it if that's the case. <laughs> Thirty second clock. 
Tarantino. 30-second clock. All right, uh, I think that's going to wrap up EP205. Uh, big thanks to Bob Hamley and to Dan Carey for stopping by the podcast, to our fabulous sponsors. Please support these people. This is what keeps the podcast going. Stampy Tech, Coolbet, Rycor, and Associated Labels and Packaging. Don't forget to subscribe and review the podcast wherever you are listening to your podcast right now. Hit that five star and uh, jot down a few words. It can be whatever you want. I don't care. Don't forget to give us a follow on social media as well at Shamlax, at Ferretino, at PXB for sports. The show is at Lacrosse Classified on Instagram, at Lax Class on Twitter. We got a Facebook page and an email address as well. It's lacrosseclassified at Gmail. But for now, we got to go. We'll be back next week, every week. 206 is on deck. Season previews continue. But we're out of here, right here, right now. For Evan Schemenauer and Tino Ferrer, I've been Jay Kelly. And for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified. <laughs>